Bull Dogs, and welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Season 3, Episode 21, Chapter 56, The Dark Secret of Harvest House. Veronica stages an elaborate plan. Betty makes a chilling discovery. Jughead finds himself one step closer to unmasking the Gargoyle King. Um. <laughs> so, yeah. What just happened? I don't even know. <laughs> uh, so last week, <laughs> we said that if this episode was really that bad, that I would record my instant reaction on my own, and that would be our doghouse drive through And so I did that. And so we released it as our doghouse drive through for this episode, which is our Patreon instant episode that comes out on Friday. And we're going to play that for everyone right now. Hey, Bulldogs, and welcome to the Doghouse Drive-Thru. Beep, beep. I'm Diana. What the fuck did I just watch? I... The farm is harvesting organs. Okay, so at least we know that, like, that's their big, like, money grab. But they're having people impersonate people through hypnosis. Which, okay, at least we now know how they're accomplishing this whole thing. So that, that's... Oh, oh. <sighs> Y'all, Betty has a serial killer gene. And like, this feels like they're stealing everything from us between the handholdies and the things. And like, if you've seen us, you know what I'm talking about. Oh my God. The, the Hiram scheme. What? Oh, but and now, now they're going to do the Reggie Archie Veronica triangle. I thought triangles were boring. According to the entire cast that argued that they would never do the Archie Betty Veronica triangle. Why is why is this different? No, it's the exact same fucking thing. You just don't know what to do anymore, so you're gonna do with that. Reggie's a con man, apparently. I did like the Lord of the Fly Scouts. Because the second I saw them, it's like, oh, they're Lord of the Flies, and then he actually says that. So that made me happy. But Jason Blossom? is the Gargoyle King, apparently. Okay, so either they're finally going to let Jason talk because it's been canon that the actor has never actually said a word. I... I what? So if if Polly is pretending to be Betty in her hallucination, I mean, somebody is pretending to be Jason in Cheryl's hallucination. So that's got to be Chick, right? Right? Because he's supposed to come back. So he's going to come back for the last episode, I guess. That makes sense. Nothing makes sense. But that makes sense, I guess. That's how I'm trying to, like, pretend this is happening. Hermione's still alive. She's still there. That's lovely. I'm looking at my post-it of bullshit. If one more person says endgame, I'm going to murder them. I'm just going to murder them. I like the Shutter Island reference. That's awesome. So Cheryl stays behind the farm. She lets Tony escape. Are they trying to, like fix Cheryl? Or are they trying to be like, she's a hero because she's going to stay back and fight? You know, I don't need Cheryl to be rehabilitated, at least not this far gone in, into season three with this as horrible as she's been. No, just no. Ugh, Betty's going to lose a kidney. That's that's a thing that's going to happen. And ugh. Okay, I did really like FP arresting Hiram. That felt fun. And Archie did get the line of the night. Yeah, Veronica, your dad sucks. That's a fact. It's fair and it's delivered with humor. So I appreciate it. What the fuck was this garbage? I, I'm so tired. I, (laughs) it's real bad, y'all. It's real, it's real bad. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens when me and David sit down and talk about the whole episode. Uh, Thank you for listening to me ramble. And... Our full episode will be out on Wednesday. Hashtag go Bulldogs. Actually, go Black Hood. Just save us from this bondage that is being a Riverdale fan.
still feel that way. <laughs> uh, and quick shout out to our new Patreon members, Brandon and Raymond. They both joined at the $2 and up level, so they get access to those instant reactions as well as all of our other content. If you want to do that, you can go to patreon.com slash Macintosh and Mod because we are on the Macintosh and Mod Network. This episode is a garbage pile on top of a shit sandwich. Can I give them one iota of credit? What What is that? They went for it. That's true. They really did go for it. They did go for it. Why don't you recap that recap? <laughs> Archie saved Hiram's life, or did he? Hiram owns the diner. Farchie's back in business. The farm's recruiting damaged people. Edgar married Betty's mom. The farm wants Betty to join. Ethel knows about the Gargoyle King. The game is more than you think. A scout was hiding in the bunker. There's a gospel and a proclamation, and the Black Hood is back and might be working with the Gargoyle King. So we start this episode with some Jughead narration, which we haven't had in several episodes. So uh, I believe this continues my theory that we have some Franken episodes happening. And apparently it was the deadliest prom night since Carrie. That's some callbacks for a couple different layers of bullshit. Uh, (laughs) And then we cut directly to the morgue with Dr. Curdle Jr. Apparently... He's re-examined the hand that was apparently Cal Cooper's because they're trying to figure out how did he fake his own death? Well, according to these lines here, it looks like this wound was self-inflicted. And since there are eight bones in the human wrist, it's not an easy task. No shit, you creeper. Did you maybe want to tell anybody that when you examined the body in the first like, place? Isn't cause of death a part of like, wouldn't you have figured out was this pre or post-mortem when this hand was removed from its body? Literally every person has to make a completely out of character decision in this episode to get the result we get. Mm. It's bizarre. Uh, and go to the Pembroke and Hiram and Hermione are fighting she's still alive so that's nice for her (laughs) Hiram's gonna buy up Riverdale that's his plan he's gonna leverage the debt and take over leadership yeah and Governor Dooley's okay with this plan so Hermione better clear out her office and uncomfortable thing uh, Marisol Nichols is making a hand motion that several people have called out as being the white supremacist motion. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, not great. Not fabulous. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not great. So uh, Neither is any of this that is going on. No. We just no. escalated this out of nowhere. It's true. So, Hiram's a douche. And can we get rid of Hermione? We go over to the Andrew's house and we're building our case. Veronica's just, the deed was fake. (laughs) Oh, wait, my dad's a criminal. Let's blame all of the shit that I'm doing on him. It's not a bad plan, but it is dumb because there's no reason for them to ramp into this immediately. Like this, this should have been the first part of season four, right? No, Franken storylines. But Archie does get my favorite line of the episode, I think. Yeah, Ronnie, your dad sucks. (laughs) And, And- and, and not only is that line true, but the way he delivers it is just like, I'm sick of your dad. I'm really sick of this thing. We're all sick of him. Duh. Yeah. I know Mary just looks at him like, really, Archie? And Archie's like, what? what? <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, Veronica brings up all the shady stuff. And Mary's like, shady stuff? Yeah, drinking without carding and or illegal gambling, let's say. Hiram did these things. I don't believe that Mary is behaving in an appropriate attorney function here i think this puts her law license in question her immediate line after that should have been wait i don't want to know what are you trying to figure out so mary's gonna go call somebody she knows to help great at least you're being useful (laughs) we see betty wearing a farm t-shirt that i need to buy for myself (laughs) she's walking down the hall and she passes by a room that Evelyn is in and she's hooked up to some machines. I knew immediately she was on dialysis. I figured it was a dialysis or that they were measuring brainwaves because I couldn't really see where things were connected. I couldn't tell at first. Just the way she was sitting and the machines and like I've kind of seen that stuff before with the transfusion. It looked like a dialysis machine. Yeah. We cut over to Le Bon Nuit and we are meeting with Ardelia, who also went to Sarah Florence with Mary, along with the recruiter lady. But now she is Mary's friend in the FBI. What are the fucking odds? 
Veronica's like, well, what about serving alcohol to minors and operating an illegal casino and doctoring books? And the FBI agent is just like, aren't those crimes you committed? Veronica's just very, (laughs) I'm a minor, I'm a minor, and Mary doing her lawyer duty. My client can neither confirm nor deny that statement. But, you know, don't worry, we're not after you, just your father. This is so dumb. Uh Uh-huh. So they need to arrest Hiram while he's committing the crime in real time. So come on, Three's Company, let's get a scheme together. This is so stupid. This is so stupid. What I don't what I don't understand is why we escalated this storyline right now. It either should have come earlier or we should have saved it for the next season. I don't understand why right now we need to deal with this. Because everything we had planned, they had to scrap or reconfigure completely. Because as far as we know, Fred Andrews was supposed to play heavily in all of this. But why why even bother? Just scrap that storyline and go to the main plot that you've had this whole time. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't know if they I, I don't know, and we'll probably find out a lot more later after all is said and done. But they had like these last three episodes, they had to stop everything and reconfigure all of them. And I get that. I sit here wondering, could we not have just consolidated and gone for one storyline and moved no. on with our lives? No. No, they couldn't have because they're not smart. So we go to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy and Betty is meeting with Edgar, Alice, and Polly. And apparently she fell off her bike and got a concussion and this caused her to have a bunch of tests discovered and gene testing, which that barely fucking exists now. And apparently she has the MAOA and CDH13 genes that are commonly called the serial killer genes, Betty. None of us have them, not even dad, but it's just you. Polly has turned into a fucking bitch and she's bitter. She's bitter. What is this? Apparently now Edgar can help her heal. We're just throwing this out? Yep. yep. In the middle of this episode? Betty's a serial killer. There we go. <laughs> this is when I started to throw my hands up and be like, oh, this is going to be a train wreck. I was just like, okay, well, this is where we're going. Fine. Then we cut directly to Edgar's office and Betty's there. And he starts those balls that go back and forth that they hit each other. And it's just a perpetual motion thing. He lights a candle and she's hypnotized and he says, now tell me all your fears. Begin. And so Betty is in a trance. She's hypnotized and she says that she's always felt like there's another person inside of her, a person capable of doing dark, terrible things. And I don't know how to get rid of her. So, yay, we're returning to the dark Betty bullshit, which is bullshit. But also we know it's there and it was never dealt with. So, okay, I'll allow this. This being the thing that comes up during her being hypnotized makes sense. (sighs) So Edgar says the first step is confrontation and we cut directly to a room where Betty is sitting in a chair and it's dark and there's water dripping and we see a girl step out. She says, hi, Betty. Take a closer look. And it's Betty. I'm in the shadows that you hide from your family and friends. I'm all the dark deeds you did in our youth. Think of what we did to our old cat, Caramel. And Betty's just like, what? Caramel ran away. I didn't do anything to her. Hallucination Betty says, we both know that we drowned Caramel, which is also really fucked up. That's what Polly did. All this is what Polly did. Or Chuck or who the fuck ever. So, (laughs) spoiler, because you've already watched the show. It's not actually Betty. It's Polly dressed up as Betty. I think that Betty might have been there for these things that she's talking about. But that Polly is the instigator of all of it. Well, no matter what, Betty didn't do any of this, but Betty's witnessed it. Yeah. So I think Polly drowned the cat. Betty just happened to be there. And Polly convinced Betty, let's just tell mom the cat ran away. We've seen Polly be dark and have that look on her face. And of course, we've also seen Betty be dark. But I think this is all Polly shit that she's projecting onto Betty. Yes, because daddy won't let her be the special one. No, I don't have the serial killer gene. So then we have this nice little like creepy moment. It's like, here's what else is true. I am not a part of you. You are a part of me. I'm the real Elizabeth Elizabeth Cooper. You are the illusion. That's fucking intense. And then, you know, Betty starts getting a pain in her head and she wakes up from the hallucination. She's back in Edgar's office and the balls have stopped clacking and he's just like, oh, it's normal to feel disoriented. What else did you feel? And she's like, oh, I have this stabbing pain in my forehead. 
oh, your body's located your trauma. That's step one. Healing is painful, but together we can discharge that pain forever. And then he gets really close to her and he takes her hand. Riverdale. Ugh. There's eight different things to say that are wrong about this scene. I won't get into all of them, but it's just gross. It's bad. So we come back and Betty is on the phone with Jughead. I thought the farm would keep me safe from the Black Hood, but bonus, I'm also learning a bunch of fun, terrifying facts about myself. <laughs> I, I love, okay, I will give them this. The way they wrote Betty and Jughead in this episode, they are very aware of the ridiculousness that is their situation. Correct. So I appreciate that. You know why? Because this main storyline doesn't get affected by any of the issues around Fred Andrews. Fair. But the way that that's written is very fun and is refreshing because we've had so much... These kids are in high school. Do they not realize how insane... It's It's just nice to see that in-universe. Yeah, sure. Except I know what's coming. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> Jughead worries, don't let the farmies get inside your head. They talk about being influenced by the sound of the balls clacking. Jughead's like, do I need to get you out of there? And Betty is looking at a candle that's going off in her room. She goes over and she starts playing with the wax. She's like, no, I think I have an idea for my next session. It's time I found out what the farm is about once and for all. And Jughead says, I'm trying to find the connection between the Gargoyle King and the Black Hood. Betty's just like, oh, yeah. Hey, I didn't tell you this before. A jester gave me the envelope from the Gargoyle King. That's why I left. Okay. Jughead has this new quest. Follow the envelope. Godspeed, my brave Hellcaster. Bye. Be safe. It's such expositional <laughs> bullshit. Half of this scene is just, let's explain things we already know. Uh, let's let's table set again, which it should have just been. She's checking in with Jughead and he goes, yeah, I'm going to follow the envelope. Try to find that jester because she would have already told him that. Thank you. I mean, even if it's only been 24 hours since the prom, she would have told him. God knows. I, I don't believe Betty would withheld that information from Jughead. How long have they been in that room with FP talking about that shit? A few hours at least. He would have asked her that. FP's not that stupid. Jesus effing Christ. All right. So we go to the doghouse. Hey. hey. And there's a dude there and Jughead comes in all cocky and... This person told this person, you told this person, like, and you, you're, you were the centaur named Louie. And Louie's like, yeah, whatever. Okay, $20 question. Who gave you the envelope? Some kid who looked homeless. Yay, Jughead. A kid, 13, brown hair, brown eyes. Yep, that's him. Thank you, Louie. It's Ricky. Yeah, it's Ricky. We go back to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. It's the lunchroom. There are too many hand-holdy banners. It's really fucking creepy. It is creepy. Which is kind of the point. It but. is It is kind of the point. And if you've seen us, it reminds you of that. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that reminds me of us, especially that Betty's wearing overalls a lot this episode. Betty joins the friends to sit down and Fangs is wincing in pain. And they're like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I'm just a little sore, but the big pain is gone now. What are you talking about? Oh, Fangs had a minor procedure. Okay, What? And so now we've figured out that it's purging all of the pain that's been crushing us. And they start talking about like, oh, I can't wait for my pain to be gone. And Betty's asking questions. And apparently this is Edgar's method. He transforms our emotional pain into physical pain. So it's easier to treat and banish. And this is so fucked up. Well, this, yeah. this is just wrong. So like Tony's next in line. And Kevin's like, you know, for me, the tenderness in my back only lasted a few days, but it was so worth it. So Betty lifts up his shirt, sees this giant gnarly scar on his abdomen. She starts freaking out. That is not from minor procedure. That's from major surgery. And Kevin just like grabs her hand. Don't ever do that again, Betty. And Fanks chases off after his boyfriend. <sighs> I know where we're headed, yeah. so I also know how fucking ridiculous this is. Yeah, once I saw that scar, I was like, yeah, his kidney's gone. We're at Archie's house. Veronica shows up. I have a plan. Let's save the town. You have to play your part flawlessly. Let me roll my eyes right out of my head. <laughs> we go to a steam room. Gross. And Hiram is talking to a bunch of dudes. Just boy soup, basically. They're <laughs> creating boy soup. Archie comes in. He's also very attractive. I heard you're trying to buy Riverdale, Mr. Lodge. My town. I can't whoa, let that whoa. happen. 
What the fuck? You are 17 years old, my dude. Your I town? I don't, I don't care. Y'all just need to kiss. Just just smooch. 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 Because <laughs> they just get at each other's faces and Archie's like, let's have a boxing match. Are you too weak after being shot? Everyone's saying you've gotten soft, which is kind of a nice dig. And of course, of course, Hiram gets up. There's nothing soft about me. And you know I don't lose. And then I'm just like kiss <laughs> please please kiss it would make me so happy so there, there's gonna be a fight we cut to the five season we're at Hiram's place and Veronica really daddy a boxing match Archie challenged me to a fight because he's a minor and I just couldn't say no and look weak because he's a child Veronica I'm gonna hand it to Veronica on this this is she's, kind of a brilliant move she sold this pretty well I will this this was played very well She's like, well, you're not going to win this, says who? Says me and all the odds makers. Wait, people are betting on... This is very cartoony, but it works very well, and I enjoyed <laughs> it. I've already gotten calls. The underworld's buzzing, asking if I'm taking bets at Le Bon Oui. Obviously, I don't want any part of this. And he's just like, you can make money off this. This is just so easy. And dude ego is so fragile. It's so fragile. Cis dudes are dumb. They just are. Yes. Yes, we are. Cis dudes. Why are your ego so fragile? I don't know. Why? I will also say this is a half a season's worth of plot that they are shoving into one episode. There's there's so much happening that is garbage. It's just garbage. I know. So we cut to a hallway at Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Polly comes up to Betty. I'm proud of you, Betty. It takes courage to face your demons. Did your darker half mention the time you pushed me down the stairs? And Betty is like, what? Could you not be more obvious? Please. I forgave you for that years ago. And this is suspicious. It's so suspicious, in fact, that it's not really suspicious. It's pretty fucking obvious. Yeah, like, we knew this was coming. Cut to the Jones house. Jughead is making some Neapolitan ice cream for JB. He's asking her about Ricky. He's in Fox Forest waiting to ascend, whatever that means. Jughead freaks out. Draw me a map now. Jughead, you know about Fox Forest. Where would the clip? Like, this is stupid. <laughs> and also, like, when we first met JB, she was a badass chick with a slingshot. What is this garbage? Like, they've kind of made her a womp womp. She's sad because her mom went away. No, this is just like, she would be like way more aggressive. Aggressively angry. I'm not helping you. He's my only friend and you're the reason mom's gone. Like, that's how she should have been. Yeah, I don't like what they're doing with JB right now. We go back to Edgar's office and we're getting ready for another session. And this time, Betty puts candle wax in her ears. And so we hear... Edgar talking, but it's a little more muffled now. And so he asks her, you know, why did you choose to return? And Betty, you know, acts all comatose to see her again. My other half, I need to know what she wants. So we see Edgar taking Betty to the room and we see him place her, leave the room and shut the door. And then, quote unquote, Betty walks out. And first, when we see her walking back and forth, she looks like Betty. It's Lily Reinhardt playing this part. Mm -hmm. And then... They're talking and hallucination. Betty says, you know, soon the one will become many and many one. And you can finally be your truest self. And real Betty says, what is that? My truest self. And then hallucination. Betty steps in closer to the light. And we see it's Polly dressed as Betty and says, you're a killer, just like dad. And it's time you embrace that. So are they trying to manipulate Betty into being a murderer for them? Why would she need to embrace the fact that she's a killer? I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand why they're threading these plots together. But this is a question I have. <sighs> I'm so tired of asking questions of these writers who have no fucking I clue what they're doing. No. Now is not the time for raising more questions. More questions can come in a finale. You can raise a bunch of new questions in the finale, and that's how you burn off to get to season four. This is what happens when you have too many freaking episodes for the story you have to tell. And then you have a big in-house tragedy that screws up what you had anyways. Either way, we should be getting more answers than questions. I just keep sitting here looking at it going, are, are you literally going to tell me that the Black Hood, the Gargoyle King, and the farm all wind up in this triangle of evil together? Is yeah. that where we're going with this bullshit? We get to the forest, Jughead's running, and he's trying to find Ricky, and he comes upon Ricky. He's got the ceremony set up with the chalices, and he's like, no, I'm taking you back to civilization. 
He kicks the chalices. Yeah, he he just knocks it all over. Ricky's like, I don't want to go. Jughead's like, look, I know this makes you do some crazy things, but I need you alive because we're going to end this together. Ricky's just like, we answer to no one but our king. We, and we get the Lost Boys of Riverdale. Scout attack! Scout attack! And this just cracks me up because the, the first time I saw them, I thought, oh, it's the Lord of the Flies. And then he uses that line later, which made me feel good good because it's like okay well they accomplished exactly the reference they were trying to get they all like kill him protect the princess to which jughead goes princess so they are running after him he's running he goes into the bunker he gets down in the bunker he can hear someone there and ethel hellcaster princess etheline help me jughead jones you're my only hope fuck you no why no why no and that was the moment where we all collectively just gave up we just kind of gave up on this one it hurts it hurts real bad i'm not even that huge of star wars fan i enjoy them i appreciate i understand why people love it but even i go you didn't earn that you didn't earn it and i'm mad at you it's not even the earning it it's just the stupidity of the writing so we have a little commercial break. We go back to the bunker. Why are you here? I'm hiding from the gargoyle, King. I'm, I failed my mission. She told Ricky she's responsible for the letter. That's that. That put Betty in danger. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Jack is like, I thought you quit playing after Betty saved you from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. She saved me from the Sisters False King, yes. But then I rejoined the true king in the woods after. And when I came back to him, he put me in charge of his lost boys. And he's just like, okay, just tell me who the Gargoyle King is. I appreciate Jughead just cut into the chase. Just tell me who he is. Come I on. I can't betray his trust. But even though you just said he's trying to kill you, thank you for pointing out that she's being dumb. He's beautiful. Despite it all, I love him. This is what happens in fucking cults. It's okay, but you and the Lost Boys can't stay in these woods. We have to end this game. Will you? He offers his hand and she takes it. So you've ruined Ethel. Well, they ruined her a long time ago. But we've just decided to go ahead and take Rue into Ethel and throw her in the She toilet. could have been so freaking cool. Yeah. We're at Le Bon and we see Veronica. I asked you here because I'm pulling off my biggest con yet and I need my best con man for a job. And we see Reggie because apparently he's a con man now. Haven't we learned our lesson about mixing business with pleasure? Smart question, Reggie. <laughs> like, are you sure this is a good idea? We're taking down my father. Come on, for old time's sake. How could I resist? Flirty, flirty bullshit. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. All right. We're in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, rec room, dining hall, whatever it is. Edgar Evernever is hypnotizing us. So hypnotherapy is a standard therapeutic practice that many people pay good money for. This is a fair point. I love their non-reaction to Betty in this moment. (laughs) And whatever he's doing, it works. He took my pain away. I can't wait for him to take mine. And they're like, okay, but I think he's doing it during hypnosis. And Cheryl says, you sound cuckoo pants. Why would Edgar cause us pain just to take it away? Betty says, you know, I don't want to have more power over you. Edgar's our healer, Betty. And do you have any proof? Right. Didn't think so. Again, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. We have not actually seen them do anything untoward. Betty is now the only one who has seen something bad. What is really frustrating about all of this is that some of this is the stretching out of the story. Yes. But at the same time, if you understand that, Betty doesn't have to keep making false accusations with no evidence. Here's here's the thing that I don't like what they're doing to Betty. Betty knows who she's talking to. They are in the cult. They are completely bought in. Until they see concrete proof, they are never going to change. This was a stupid scene. This wasn't necessary. And this makes Betty look dumb. Exactly. Where she was in this situation, she had this hallucination, and she was like, something's off. She figured out, because she knew she was on her own, what she needed to do. Okay. Tell this to Jughead. Tell Jughead. This is how they're doing it. So that somebody on the outside knows. But now she needs to figure out, what is this plan? So she should have been meeting to, with them to ask them, so what happens during this procedure? Explain it to me. Asking more questions of them of what they know, not just telling them things because it makes her stupid. Why is Betty suddenly a moron? Exactly. I don't get it. And Betty's the smartest person on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's still a teenager and she makes mistakes, but this is just her being stupid. And I don't like them making Betty stupid. <sighs> so she stomps off. I'll get you proof, Cheryl. <laughs> 
All right, we're back in Fox Forest, and they're being held at Spear Point. Stand down, Lost Boys. The Hillcaster is on our side. He's come bearing good news. Our quest is complete. Ricky took off. He's probably reporting to the Gargoyle King in the Black Hood. I'm like, where's Jack? He's the littlest one. We can't leave him behind. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. He went to get his carving knife, and so he's probably at the bus. And so he's like, okay, I'll go find him. And Ethel's like, well, he's never going to trust you on your own. Well, then come on. Duh. <laughs> like, I love, like, Eve Jughead's like, then move your ass. Let's go. I love as soon as he's, she says that, Jughead's like, fine. I'll get him. Good God. Let's just go. <laughs> We're back at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. And Betty comes into Evelyn's room. She's hooked up to the machine again. What is all this, Evelyn? Is this one of your dad husband's treatments? <laughs> That's one of that that was a very close second for best line. This is dialysis, Betty. I was a very unwell child. My kidneys failed when I was little. And that's when I knew, yeah, it's all kidneys. I knew I knew for sure. Like, it's like, okay, we're really doing this. We're really going to do this. Okay. But I thought maybe it's just Evelyn. I I even wrote it in my notes. And this is when my brain was done forever. (laughs) (laughs) So Betty's investigating. She looks at the IV drop. And, you know, why are you on anti-rejection meds, which is what they give you when you've had an organ transplant? That's none of your business, but like I said, I was an ill child. Like, so Betty pieces it together, and she's just like, Edgar is butchering his disciples, but it can't all be just for you. And she starts going, you don't know anything. You don't know anything! So Betty's in the hallway. She's looking at her phone. She waits for the nurses to leave. She gets bobby pins. Bobby pins a lock. She's in this procedure room. She finds the freezer. She opens it. A bunch of organ jars. The Farm Harvest Program. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Nope. They murdered me. I'm dead. Yep. I'm, I'm dead. My brain is done. Mm-hmm. We cut to the junkyard Steve Blair Witch Bus, and they little boy pops up. I can't find my knife. <laughs> All right. We'll get you a new one. He asks, why is he here? Okay. We're going to trust him. Then they see the black hood in the yard. Then we hear metal scraping. Get down. Don't say another word. And he's scraping on the bus. And then he's banging on the bus. And then they're trying to get out the back door, but it won't budge. So Jughead busts it down. And so they jump out of the bus. And then they lock the bus. And then the black hood is in there. Wait, wait, wait. They get out of the bus. Uh-huh. And then they fucking stand there. And Well, they, they wedged the door closed because they're stupid. You should have just kept running. They're trying Run. to slow. Okay. To be fair, they're trying to slow him down, which they do. Okay, fine. Okay. I'll but, give him that. But after that, they should have just run. But then Jughead has to go and close the front door to the bus. Which okay, they, fine. Which are like, that's not going to hold him. We got to go. No shit. When, when, just run. Run from this dude. Yeah. You fucking idiots. Then we cut over to the Andrew's house and Archie is trying to sneak down the stairs. And Mary's like, Archie, you're doing it tonight. Whatever it is that you and Veronica have planned. Yeah, but it's better if you don't know the specifics because I'm sure you're going to try and stop me. And Mary's just like, after everything Hiram has done to you and your dad in this town, I want to watch. And then she smiles and, and walks and out she, the door. she starts walking and Archie's like, okay, mom. Okay. <laughs> so I one love, shining moment. It's adorable. But we go to the El Royale gym and she sits down in the crowd. She's like the only person wearing color. Everyone else around her is wearing jet black and grays and she's wearing pink and it's hilarious. They're all super shady. It's like, I'm the mom. <laughs> in case anybody questioned that, I'm the mom. We cut over to the speakeasy. We have Peaches running. She's running the bank vault. She's taking bets. Someone's putting a grand on Hiram Lodge. Good luck to you. Veronica goes to Reggie. How are we looking? Really, really illegal. <laughs> uh, Thank you, Reggie. That was very cute. And he's like, you know, how are you holding up? By a gossamer thread. However, it's vital we keep up appearances. And it's showtime. So it's time for Veronica to sing because Josie is gone. No more Josie singing. So, okay, we, we're going to cut back and forth while she's singing to the fight. We're at the gym. Archie's in his red and Hiram is in blue. Everyone's clapping they start the fight and Hiram's like had this date a long time you and I smooch 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 had this date a long time so Archie's doing good and then Hiram gets some hits and then the ref is not calling shit like Hiram's hanging on to Archie and Mary's getting nervous and then they take off their gloves that's what I went okay this is kind of great okay I will give it this this fight did a good job on playing off their past rivalry Oh, yeah. So that was fun to watch, having watched the whole series. 
We see Reggie watching the door of the speakeasy. We see a guy at the fight make a call to Peaches and she, you know, she's punching cards. And then the feds show up at Bon Nuit. What is the meaning of this? And it's Ardelia. Are you the owner of this establishment? Why no, that would be my father, Hiram Lodge. <laughs> Do you know where we can find him? Yes, he's at the El Royale Boxing Club taking part in an illegal underground boxing match. Sheriff Jones is expecting you outside. And so they go and then Reggie runs up to Ronnie. Hey, we've got a problem. There's some last minute bets coming in. They all want odds on Hiram killing Archie in the ring. And she's like, well, shit, and runs off. Zoom. We cut back to the gym. Hiram is just angry and he does a chest shot right to Archie. And then, you know, Archie falls down. Then Hiram headbutts him. We hear the bell ringing over and over and the ref is just trying to, like, get Hiram off Archie. And he just keeps going after him. And, you know, Hiram yells, this ends now. And he grabs him by the head. And just remember, you asked for this. Mary screams, Archie. And Veronica yells, Daddy, stop. So everything stops. Hiram stops. And he goes, I beat you. I'm the better man. <laughs> and Archie's, you know, spitting blood. Nope, you lost. I was just keeping you busy. FP comes in, Hiram Lodge. It was a great pleasure that I say you're under arrest. <laughs> that was really enjoyable, especially after all the BS that Hiram and FP and Hermione, all that garbage. That was fun. Hell yeah. And for what? And Veronica says, for conducting illegal activities at your establishments, El Royal Boxing Club and Le Bon Nuit Speakeasy. You betrayed me? Yee. And she just kind of smiles and they rush to Archie and Archie's like, did we do it? And she's like, we got him. And she's holding his head all sweet like. We got to the prison cell and Hiram's like, my own daughter, working with the feds. And for what? An ex-boyfriend? Veronica. No, I did this for me, daddy. I find out you lied. That you still held the deed to Pops and La Bonne Nuit and made me very, very angry. And I do, I do love this piece because we've talked about it in previous episodes that he never apologized to her. He has always taken her loyalty for granted. Of course. That she was basically his plaything that he could manipulate and use for his advantage. And because she was his daughter, he didn't have to answer to her in any way. So I really did. I did like this. He's just like, you know, this is a lesson learned. She said, you know, all of your assets are being seized and your precious empire will be put up for public auction. And she's like, I'll leave you with this parting thought. I won. And she did. But he's going to get back at her. And they're also about to be super broke. Mm -hmm. All that money is going to be gone. And you know who needs to be broke? Cheryl Blossom, not Veronica Lodge. That's a hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> we go to Andrew's home. Mary's talking to Archie. You and Veronica are quite the dynamic duo. Are you... Archie says, you know, sometimes it feels like we're going to get back together, but then, oh, personally, I think you're endgame. Stop saying endgame, please. It's gross and it's annoying and you know what you're doing. Why did you make Mary say it? Veronica is the only character that has said this. The only one. Nobody else talks like this. Well, no. When Veronica first showed up in the first season, Kevin was the one who said they are endgame. That's that true. Betty and Archie were endgame. That's fine. Then Veronica said it later. It's since been used several times by Veronica. And then Josie said it to say that we're not endgame. That was fine. But why is the grown up doing it? Oh, is it because the movie came out? Because you're really obnoxious, Riverdale. Mary just says, you know, it doesn't really matter what I think. Maybe you should ask her what she thinks, which is a fair point. Go get her, bud. We get to the sheriff's office. And Jughead and Ethel are there. FP is like, okay, we've assigned a deputy to the Lost Boys. They'll be under our care until the Gargoyle King and the Black Hood are caught. So he leaves. And Ethel says, for your bravery, I can reward you and I can tell you who the king is. So she leans in, whispers it. And Jughead's like, oh, but that's impossible. And it should be impossible, but not in Riverdale. <laughs> Which, you know, okay, next scene. Betty is walking down the halls with holding one of those organ donor coolers. She's talking to Jughead and Jughead says, are you ready to hear the craziest thing ever? Betty, well, I think I might have you beat on that one. <laughs> According to Ethel, Jason Blossom is the Gargoyle King. That's not possible, is it? Normally, I would immediately say no, but there's only one way to find out definitely. A way that would make Dr. Curdle Jr. proud. I'm going to have to dig up Jason's body, aren't I? <laughs> Call me afterwards. <laughs> Again, at least they are aware of the ridiculous nature of their situations. I appreciate that. This is stupid, but okay, this is what we're doing. Jason fucking, fucking Blossom. Blossom. The boy who never speaks. 
We go to Cheryl's room. Betty comes into the room. She's like, Cheryl, the farm, it's an organ farm. Oh, are you trying to get shipped out to Shutter Island, you lunatic? Which is a nice reference because that had been pos- that theory had been posited by other people. So Betty opens the container. Yes, Cheryl, that's what that is. What if this is why Edgar keeps adopting kids? Based on the price list I saw in the infirmary, it's lucrative as hell. And Cheryl is horrified as soon as she sees she's an like, actual organ. She's like, if there's even a chance you're right, Tony's procedure is today. The nurses just took her away. And so they start freaking out. And she's like, okay, you go get Tony. I'll get Kevin and Fangs. So we cut to the procedure room and Tony's sitting there and, you know, in the hospital gown. I'm getting very much the hatch vibes from Lost with the bunker and all that stuff. Sort of. And that's what it feels to me. Cheryl Bustin's. Get away from my girlfriend. They're charlatans. And Tony's like, what about my treatment? There's a chance Betty's cries that the sky is falling are true. Look at those instruments of torture. And we cut to a table. It's got a saw and all sorts of crap. And it's not good. And it's scary. So they're leaving. And Tony says, okay, there's a door I snuck Betty in. Lead the way, my Monte Cristo. For real? Yeah. For real? God damn. Gross. Don't ruin a book that's really good and a movie that I really enjoyed. Okay. Betty goes to the rec room. Kev, Fangs, I know this sounds crazy and I'll explain later, but Edgar's harvesting our organs. We're all in danger. And they just look at each other in like very possessed way. You don't know what you're saying, Betty. He's taking out the parts of us that are diseased. Why don't we go talk to Edgar and clear this whole thing up? And she's like, we don't have to do this. And they grab her and then she knees Kevin in the crotch and she tries to run and they tackle her and they start dragging her and yelling, hey, we need some help in here. We're being attacked. And some nurse dudes come in and what they, t- they start dragging her off. It's real nice to make Kevin and Fangs bad guys now. That's fun. <sighs> Cheryl and Tony are running down the halls. They go to one door. It's locked. They get to a window. Tony gets out and then Cheryl shuts it. Tony, I love you. This is your only chance at freedom. And... Tony runs and Cheryl stays and fights the dudes. And then we see the guard nurse dudes searching for Tony in the woods. And while we see Cheryl continuing to fight through the window, I'm like, why are we doing this? What's the point? Is it, are we trying to rehabilitate Cheryl? Okay. I can see Cheryl wanting to stay behind because she needs to go get Jason. That's what she needs. Get her out. I'm going to go find Jason. That's what Cheryl's going to do. I understand that. But again, why are we trying to rehabilitate Cheryl? It's not she's not worth it. I don't think there's a problem in wanting to rehabilitate Cheryl. Doing it in this scene, it's not the time. It's not happening. No. You've got a lot longer to go to actually rehabilitate her character. Yeah, it's going to take a season, a full season to fix her. It's literally plot device service. Yeah, it's just, to have her stay behind. It's just bad. Like she should have told Tony, "I have to go find Jason." And then she runs off. That would make sense because then you clearly tell us what Cheryl's going to do and Tony can understand why Cheryl's staying behind. But no, you did this and it's weird and vague and stupid and I don't like it. But I don't even buy that premise from her. I just, I what you know what would have worked? She tries to get out the window and they grab her. That's what would have worked. Because literally that's what they're suggesting. Basically. Is that they're too close and only one of us can get out of this window. Mm. We cut to the Pembroke. Archie has shown up at Ronnie's door. He's like, I wanted to tell you something. He walks in and Veronica's like, wait, before you say anything. And Archie sees champagne and two glasses sitting there. And he says, is someone else here? And Reggie pops out. Hey, Andrews, I came here to tell her that I wanted to be with her no matter what. And she said she wanted to be with me, too. Okay, good for you, Reggie. Telling her what you want. And Archie looks at Veronica. Is that true? Veronica says, that is what I said. She did not say it was true. (laughs) I think that's a very important fact. Veronica says, you should stay. We had an amazing night tonight. He goes, no, no, I'll see you guys at school. And he leaves. So they're going to do the Reggie Archie Veronica triangle. And like I complained about, we've heard for three seasons, triangles are boring. We're not going to do that. That's stupid. Nobody wants to do that in reference to the Betty, Veronica, and Archie triangle. But it's not boring to the exact same fucking thing between Reggie and Archie and Veronica. Fuck y'all. I I have... Y'all don't know what you're doing? Sometimes we have tried to figure out and say, oh, could we solve this problem or not? Or mm-hmm. can we game out where they're headed? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that anymore. No. Because what's the fucking point? They don't understand. They don't have a plan in place. 
And not all of that is their fault, here's, but good God. Here's the thing. This is a really good point at which to play this game with these characters. I will, I'm going to say this. Because we're finally at a point where Veronica and Archie, as an audience, we can see that they are connecting on an emotional level. It is not just this purely physical thing that we're seeing. Okay, that's great. We have also have a more developed Reggie, which we didn't have previously. And we see that him and Veronica have a bond as well. They have a physical relationship and an intellectual relationship. So now is the perfect time to create this awkward dynamic. But given what the writers and the producers and the actors have said, I want to say a big giant fuck you. To me, I don't have any knowledge of that. The second part of it to me is you've literally just tacked it on to all of this other shit. I don't I don't think this is a tack on, but I'm annoyed by all the bullshit. Of all of the triangles, this is not the one that Riverdale fans want to see. Let's just put it this way. They're insulting their fans' intelligence almost weekly. <laughs> oh, that's very true. That's very true. And at what point do we look at that and go, why am I bothering? Well, and then it also is like, you're not doing what's best for your story because you're playing fan service because you refuse to entertain breaking up Bughead. And I also feel like they're also letting so much of the actors' personal lives come into it because we know Cole and Lily are together. We also know that Charles and Camilla are together. That's fine. I don't care about that. Good for them. But let's keep the show about the show. We cut to the procedure room and Betty is waking up restrained and we have Edgar coming off and he is clearly not surgery ready because there's no like scrubbing, no gloves or masks, just an apron. You put up quite a fight, Betty, and now you've left me with no choice. Betty's like, I saw the truth and I know what you're doing here. You don't know what you saw, Betty. They're going to come for me, Jughead and his dad, which is true. They're not going to let Betty be butchered there. And Edgar says, nurse, can we please prepare Betty for her procedure? And she starts screaming, don't touch me. And they put a mask over her. Well, bye bye, Betty's kidneys. <laughs> and then we cut to Jughead. He's digging up Jason's grave. He finally gets to the coffin. He opens it and <gasps> it's empty. Riverdale. This show, I'm getting really close. I am closer than I've ever been to quitting. I'm tired. Yes. I think that's the bigger thing. I am very tired. I'm angry because watching it again, I realize how stupid they think I am. But even the first time watching it, and it was mm-hmm. late, I just kept staring at it going, wow. What is this? Really? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. How do you resolve from this? How do you push forward past this kind of steaming dirt pile? I don't It's bad, y'all. It's bad. I'm just so tired and like, of dealing with it. Look, it's always been a roller coaster of emotions watching this show. And when we go through it and we say this is garbage, we do try to offer, okay, this is how this could have been better. We we try to be constructive in our criticism and not just punch down on this thing. We, we don't want to hate watch anything. Hell, they bounced back after they, getting Archie mauled by a fucking bear. It's, it's true. It's very true. And overall, the season has been a thousand times better than season two because that was just that that was getting dangerously close to. I just hate I hate doing this. I don't want to do it anymore. This is the first time this season that I've been like, I want to quit. This is bad. Oh, yeah. So I'd say that's pretty good. I made it 21 episodes before I was really considering thinking, I don't know if I can do this anymore. (laughs) I'm, I'm glad you're finding this humorous. And I hope that our listeners do, too. Yeah. So. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll go watch the next time on and we'll talk shit about that because that's all I got left in me. (laughs) The hunt is afoot. So, okay, I guess they're finally going to merge the Black Hood, Justice, Reaper League with the farm because it's all taking place at that tree yeah and there's ascension night and chalices but everybody's involved i do like that we see hal actually take off the black hood so we know he's alive or it's his evil twin whatever 
we see him in the black hood. So I, I do appreciate that they are like putting that to rest. Like, and then we see it. a redheaded figure with the ascension marks walking through the forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. I'm just. I mean, we don't know that it's Jason Blossom yet. We no, don't. I genuinely believe that since we know how they're doing the Polly as Betty thing, I believe it's Chick playing Charles and possibly playing Jason. Yeah. That would make the most sense. And this is all tied together in the most convoluted fucking way possible. I really hope they surprise me with how they tie it all together. They I, won't. I was about to say I don't think they will. <laughs> but they've surprised me before. <laughs> in a good way? Yes, when they brought back Penny Peabody as the Cyclops. Yeah, it was pretty good. That was enjoyable because I wasn't expecting it. So that was fun. That's I'm, that's one time they did it. I'm going to think back to happier times. <laughs> like the Heather's musical, which I still am listening to on a loop because I fucking love the Heather's musical. Yeah, it's great. It's totally worth it. So, yeah. You think somebody's going to die? Yes. Probably Evelyn. If anyone's going to die, it's going to be Evelyn. Yeah, probably. Maybe Nana Rose. Maybe Edgar. We could kill Edgar. Maybe we'll like really kill Hal Hal. And whoever is playing the Gargoyle King will probably die, die. But I could see them just wanting to put him in jail and use him and toy with him later for next season. That's fine, too. Whatever. I'm trying to keep my expectations at nothing. So I'm not <laughs> as angry next week. We'll see. If, if I keep my expectations low... I would not be shocked if they go lower. I promise to record my reaction, good or bad. (laughs) So we can at least have that. Well, until next time, hashtag go go black hood. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.